Planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVIC coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your VIC card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVIC coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVIC and Harris Teeter fuel points.
Hello. Hopefully you can hear me. <laughs> I guess not. Let's see. Test, test, test. There we go. Sorry about that, everybody. <laughs> anyway, that was a sample from Madonna's upcoming song, um, Superstar Heart. Uh, it's actually, um, they're saying that that's supposed to be her new song. And um, I'll play the whole thing later in the show towards the end. I think probably at the end of the show tonight. But welcome to Gay Mass. Uh, that's as from her new album, upcoming album called Rebel Heart. And it's leaked and it's supposed to be rumored to be from her uh, new album, as I said, called uh, Rebel Heart. And the song is definitely going to be called her new single, We Are Superstars. So hopefully that really is from her new album. And we'll see, of course, uh, this summer when it comes out later, hopefully. Um, but if it is, I love it. And it's supposedly supposed to have a very uh, disco edge, a disco beat type thing. Um, very kind of 70s uh sort of uh, maybe even early 80s type of a, a vibe. I love it. And um, I'm sure, you know, it's about time that she came out with something that was actually a little different, not just the same old crap she's been putting out lately. <laughs> um, you know, she's an incredible artist and an incredible uh, singer. And um, I say incredible singer, I don't mean she has the best voice. I mean, she's got a really great tone to her voice and um, she's a great performer and, you know, all those great things about Madonna that, that exist about her. But I, I think, you know, the last couple albums have really sucked, in my opinion. Specifically the last album, MDNA, I just did not like very much at all. There's probably one or two songs in the entire album that I really liked. The rest sucked. And it's always very disappointing as a Madonna fan, someone who's an incredibly, uh, incredibly devout Madonna fan and has been for a very long time, since he was at least 12, 13 years old, um, to come across an album and wait so long to hear new, new music from Madonna um, and play her album over and over and over and over and over and over again and wear it out till the next album comes out, essentially. Um, and there's something about her voice that always has soothed me and made me feel just, I don't know. I just love, love her music. You know, I mean, I've said before, you know, she, I don't know her of course, but just based on the biographies I've read about her and things like that. And just from observing her, reading her articles about her, et cetera. I think I know something about her personality. And I've said before, I don't know if I'd get along with her in person as a, as a friend, but I think she's an incredible woman and incredibly talented, incredibly intelligent. And uh, I can't wait to see what this new album, Rebel Heart's all about. So anyway, that's what that was about. Hope you enjoyed it. So welcome to uh, the show, to Gay Mass. Tonight we're talking about um, just whatever's on you know my mind. I'm in the gay community, gay culture, gay music, gay topics, gay, 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 as always on the show. Uh, one of the things we're going to talk about um, is a new list that's based on some pretty uh, accurate data, based on some um, a census, basically, type thing, a 2013 census, basically, of metropolitan areas, populous metropolitan areas. And it lists the 35 most LGBT-friendly cities in America. It's called the Vocative Queer Index. So we're going to go through that, talk about that, and tell you what my opinions are on that as well as some uh, other issues like, for example, the gay panic defense, how it's kind of losing its steam lately. Um, fortunately, <laughs> it's about time. And um, and also the new metrosexual, they're calling the spornosexual. So we'll talk about that as well. Um, so anyway, uh, thanks for listening. By the way, if you want to know more about me, you can go to offlimitshow.com. You can follow me on Twitter, on Facebook, and also on 
as I said, the webpage offlimitsshow.com and Spreaker.com. You can listen to all my shows there at any time, day or night. And uh, there's also an app for Spreaker uh, that's free if you have an iPhone, I think also for Android. And also, um, if you want to listen on iTunes, you can listen to Game Ass. Search for Game Ass on iTunes, and you'll find this show there. Or my other shows, Off Limits Show and also Brain Purge, which I haven't done a Brain Purge in a while. I need to do one. I've been busy and uh, also not feeling so great this past week. Um, dizzy, dizzy, dizzy. But before I move on to the news, I had a birthday this last weekend, 37 years old on, excuse me, 39 years old <laughs> on Saturday, uh, this past Saturday, June 7th. It was a great, fun day with my family and friends. And we all went to brunch and um, at Laduni here in, in Dallas. It's I don't know if this, I think it's just a Dallas institution. I don't think it's anywhere else in the country, but... Uh, Laduni is great. It's all fresh and amazingly good food. Um, and then we went to, I went shopping and I bought lots of stuff and they bought me stuff or whatever for my birthday. I uh, went to the, the movies and we saw Maleficent. Uh, we went out to dinner and um, um, had cake and all that good stuff and presents and whatever. So it was fun. I had, I had a good weekend. And actually, I was thinking about going to Razzle Dazzle Dallas this um, past Saturday. But um, Razzle Dazzle Dallas, for those of you who aren't in Dallas, uh, it's a kind of a street fair a gay street fair uh, with dancing and music and, and drinking and just fun that's uh, on the, the gay strip here, which is called Cedar Springs Road. Um, and uh, it happens every year around my birthday. And I was going to go this year for two reasons. One, because I hadn't been in forever. But also the second reason was because Jason Dotley was performing there and um, he said I could interview him if I came by. And uh, I was planning to do that, but we didn't get done with our day. We started around one and didn't get done till midnight. <laughs> so by the time I was going to make it down there, it wasn't going to be, um, I wasn't going to be, be able to do that. So unfortunately I didn't get to do that. I really was looking forward to doing it, but I am um, maybe next time. But, uh, yeah, so I had a good weekend, uh, for my birthday. It was exciting and, and fun and all that good stuff. It's been with my husband and my mom and my best friend and friends and whatever. So, um, it was a good time. And so next year at this time I will be 40 years old. So I'm really looking forward to that. <laughs> Not <laughs> anyway. Uh, so on to the show. So um, there's, as I said, this uh, this thing called the Vo Vocative Queer Index, which lists 35 most LGBT friendly cities in America. And um, I wonder if you can guess which one was the first and which one was last and which one your city might be ranked as. And there are some possibly surprising cities on this list, specifically where they're located in the list. But I'll quickly run down the 35 top um top cities and then we'll go through why but uh number one through 35 one los angeles california two new york new york three san francisco california four des moines iowa five chicago illinois six seattle washington seven albany new york eight rochester new york nine denver colorado ten madison wisconsin eleven harrisburg pennsylvania 12, Hartford, Connecticut, 13, Providence, Rhode Island, 14, San Diego, California, 15, Washington, D.C., 16, Portland, Oregon, 17, San, San, Ho San Jose, California, excuse me, 18, Boston, Massachusetts, 19, Sacramento, California, 20, Minneapolis, Minnesota, 21, Chattanooga, Tennessee, 22, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 23, Honolulu, Hawaii, 24, Riverside, California, 25, Las Vegas, Nevada, 26, Worcester, Massachusetts, 27, Fresno, California, 28, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, 29, Stockton, California, 30, Atlanta, Georgia, 31, New Haven, Connecticut, 32, Sy uh, Syracuse, New York, 33, Bakersfield, California, 
34, Buffalo, New York, and last but not least, 35, Oxford, California. So there were some surprising cities here. Now, first of all, obviously, the ones that you would expect were in the top three, Los Angeles, California, New York, New York, and San Francisco. And of course, Chicago was number five, so it was in the top five. So those are the cities that you would definitely expect to be in um, in this list as being incredibly gay-friendly. And the reasons they give for these different um, rankings are basically based on uh, a variety of, um, of um, reasons. So, for example, uh, Los Angeles is number one because it's got temperate climate. There's a lot. It's got tons of tons of gay, lesbian, transgender people there. Um, it has the highest number of um, gay-friendly cities. Uh, L.A. is, uh, of course, number one. And it ranks across uh, most categories as number one for the most part. And also has a lot of um, sexy people in it. And it's very friendly for gays to get married there and to adopt. So that's why it was number one. So they use that kind of ranking system to um, rank these cities as well as same-sex couples, number of same-sex couples in each city, pride events per year, per 1,000 people per year, LGBT newspaper circulation per 100,000 people, and LGBT bars and clubs per 100,000 people, and several other criteria. Um, So LA, that makes plenty of sense um, as being a gay-friendly city. That's obvious. I mean, Hollywood's there, Hollywood. So, um, of course, New York, New York was number two. Of course, I mean, hello, San Francisco, California. I'm surprised that wasn't number one. (laughs) But the number four was the most bizarre, Des Moines, Iowa. And it says the first major jaw dropper to come out of the queer index, Dark Horse, Des Moines, is representing solidarity for the state of Iowa. Who knew the number one spot for U.S. insurance companies was also such a hotbed of gay activity? This well-kept secret has officially entered the major leagues thanks to its inclusive attitude towards adoption and marriage equality, not to mention its high-profile out politicians, most notably State Senator Matt McCoy and U.S. Congressman Daniel Lundby. So that's why it ranked up there. And so you can't really judge a city by old, outmoded um, kind of uh, uh, reputations. Excuse me. Um, Because of that reason. I mean, you never know. Cities change. People change. People migrate throughout the country. And so things change uh, over time. So Des Moines, I was number four. Number five, Chicago, Illinois, of course, in Seattle. Um, Some of the weirder ones on here. um, uh, Well, obviously, San Jose, San Diego, Washington, D.C., of course, those are hotbeds of gay people. But um, Bakersfield, California ranked number 33. I thought that was the most bizarre thing. The only thing I know about uh, Bakersfield, California is that Desert Rose lives there. (laughs) So it says the the queer population of this small central Californian city is strong and serviced by the Gay and Lesbian Center of Bakersfield, a nonprofit serving the area's lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender folk. And it's not the city's only gay LGBTQ center. This helps to bolster the social opportunities of Bakersfield's high proportion of same-sex couples. While many young queers fear a lack of fun in smaller cities, you've never short of things to do in this one. Now, okay, just notably, you might notice that my city, Dallas, Texas, is not listed here. Now, I have to agree, uh, the, 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 the index is about the most LGBT-friendly cities. Um, and Dallas is not the most LGBT-friendly city, obviously. 
um, because we have a ton of conservatives here and a ton of assholes and and rednecks and all that crap. So it's just, you know, full up on those. So because of that, um, it doesn't surprise me that it's not rated one of the most LGBT friendly cities. However, um, it does have a great number of gay and lesbian people here in Dallas. Actually, um, Dallas has the seventh largest or seventh highest number of queer singles. So among all the cities, uh, that were listed, um, or considered, we, Dallas is number seven. Uh, New York's number one, Los Angeles, Chicago, Houston, San Francisco, Atlanta, and then Dallas. Um, so we have a lot of queer singles here. Um, and then the highest number of same-sex couples were number eight. Um, so that's good. Um, and that's very true. You know, there's a huge gay population here in Dallas and, and Dallas, it, you know, I've been here obviously all my life and, and I've seen the Ever since I came out, there's been a huge gay population here. Even before I was born, of course, there was a huge gay population. I don't know why it came, you know, there's such a huge one in Dallas, but there is, and there always has been. So, you know, I go to other cities and um, sometimes in the, the GLBT community is very uh, small compared to what I'm used to here. Um, and so it, it is not that surprising, I guess. Um, the, the city that had the, mo the fewest hate groups was Providence, Rhode Island. The fewest hate crimes, Richmond, Virginia. Uh, and the top 10 cities for showing your pride were LA, New York, San Francisco, Chicago, Washington, Denver, Seattle, Dallas, Las Vegas, and Portland. Dallas, yes, we definitely have. And they base this on the number of LGBT pride events relative to, relative to city population. So we have a ton of LGBT pride events in the Dallas area, obviously. Um, and it's true, we do. Um, I'm trying to see whatever other... We're also Dallas is number five for the best, one of the best cities for LGBT friendly businesses. So anyway, it goes on and on and talks about all these other cities and, and the hottest for hookups is New York and Dallas is number eight, the hottest guys or whatever. <laughs> um, the most culture, uh, what else does it say? So anyway, there's lots of stuff on here. So you want to check it out. You can go to vocative.com. It's V O C A T I V.com and check it out for yourself. It's pretty interesting. Um, and you know, I, 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 I've always thought, you know, well, I should move to, to, to San Francisco or move to Dallas or whatever when I was younger specifically, um, because it's more gay friendly and Dallas is pretty gay friendly, relatively speaking to these other cities that they listed. So I guess I have it okay here, even though I still fucking hate it. Okay. So, um, the other thing I was to talk about was the, um, gay panic defense. I don't know if you guys know about the gay panic defense, but the gay panic defense is, uh, has, was used in the Harvey milk, uh, assassination. Um, that's how his assassin, uh, his assassin got off because he used the gay panic defense. They actually called it the Twinkie defense at the time because he guy said he was high on Twinkies. And also the guy, he said that, that he'd hit, he'd hit on him or something that Harvey Milk had hit on him and he was straight or whatever and whatever. So anyway, in, in, in England, there's a, um, similar type of instance that just happened there where this guy was trying to use the gay panic defense to get off, um, of, off of a charge of murder because, um, he said the guy hit on, or tried to kiss him in the bar. But the thing is, and what he ended up doing was going up to this guy who was sitting at the bar minding his own business and actually shooting him in the head or something or on the back or something or hitting him or something. And, um, and, uh, uh, for no reason. And then the guy was taken to jail and he said, well, it's because the guy tried to kiss me. And so, 
um, I had gay panic or whatever. <laughs> so it's amazing that 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 is considered a legal defense in some places. Um, and it actually works. That's people think, oh my God, it's so horrible for a gay person to hit on a straight person as if they had in the first place. Most of the time they didn't. But even if they had, um, that they're so just traumatized by the fact a gay person would find them attractive or hit on them that they actually tried to murder them or, or try to hurt them in some way. It's just the most ridiculous thing. And fortunately, the judge for this particular case um, said that, uh, quote, your reaction was not an instinctive reaction, but a considered reaction. I have had the advantage of seeing the cameras, which shows you approaching the victim who was simply minding his own business when you approached him and you felled him with a single blow. So, you know, this guy was not going to get off on this and that's good. And so my point in mentioning this story is that I think that there's a small tide change or, or sea change in this type of a, uh, uh, defense when it comes to to gays uh, and heterosexuals and specifically gay men uh, trying to kill gay people. You know, it's also um, a defense that was used in the Matthew Shepard case after they murdered Matthew Shepard, saying that he had hit on them. It was also a defense used against Tina Brandon, the uh, transsexual or transgendered um, or trying to be transgendered. Um, female to male transgender uh, from Boys Don't Cry that Hillary Swank played in the movie. That was also the defense that they used when they, when, after they killed her. So, I mean, there's all this, it, the fact that people think that this is acceptable means that our society, generally in the past, means that our society has always felt that that one of the worst things you can do is, is to, is to make an advance at someone of the same sex who isn't gay. And it seems like now this is, uh, coming around to mean something different, fortunately. And that's good because it means that society is changing for the better. And people are finally waking up to realize that, um, that these things are not okay. So anyway, um, it's something I wanted to talk about today. I'm gonna take a quick break, come back and, uh, talk about a few more things and I'll be right back.
was Pompeii or Bastille with Pompeii. So um, we're talking about, oh yeah, the next thing I was talking about was the fact that there is now, if you guys remember, I don't know, it was 20 years ago that the, the term metrosexual was coined, actually. I can't believe it's been that long because I remember when it was out in the magazines and people were talking about heterosexual men who were looking more gay because they were taking more better care of themselves with moisturizers and, you know, quaffing a little more and taking better care of what they wore or whatever. But now <laughs> there's a new term that's um, coming out by the same man. His name is Mark Simpson, who coined metrosexual. He's now saying that men are what heterosexual men and men in general are now uh, called pornosexual, spornosexual, excuse me, spornosexual, because there is now seems to be this confluence of sports and porn and that most men are idealizing and wanting to look more like, whether they're gay or straight, more like the men they see in glossy magazines. Like, um, for example, David Beckham, who's on the, on the sports side of things, he kind of shifted from very quaff to more scruffy and kind of, um, but very sexual looking, you know, more porno like as well. <laughs> and, uh, then the porn stars themselves are looking, um, just the way they look and having that kind of the tattoos and the kind of just scruffy look or whatever, generally speaking, kind of a harder edge, I guess is the word. Um, and so they're saying that now that's the new look that guys are going for. I think it's true because it's like when I look at magazines, I look on TV, you know, I think it is a gay and straight guys alike, you know, think about the Andrew Christensen guys, from those videos and those um, ads for the underwear. And uh, anywhere you see these days, the hottest guys in Hollywood or whatever, kind of look that kind of cross between sports star and porn star. So I don't know. I think it's a good look. <laughs> what do you think? I think it's an awesome look and um, I'm all for it. And I think it's good when guys take care of themselves. I mean, people um, for the longest time, men were not allowed, you know, to like look a certain way. They weren't allowed to like, uh, you know, um, make, take care of themselves if you were, if you were a heterosexual guy, but these days it's completely expected. And I think it's gotta be really hard to be a straight guy because straight guys have to really, you know, <laughs> really live up to a standard, but it's gotta be harder for gay men. We gay men have got it harder because as I've said before, you know, you've got to look good for other men. And so when you're a guy, you just have to look good for a woman and women's uh, no offense, women, your, your standards are a little less generally speaking than most men. <laughs> The most gay men, because gay men, 
are men and men have impossible standards of beauty that they want to possess or to be with or, you know, look like or whatever. And so when you're having to find it in a partner who's also a man, it's just really difficult. I mean, I'm not saying everybody's that shallow in the gay community, but I'd say at least half of them are. <laughs> um, but, you know, the other half of us are, are more uh, down to earth and don't really care so much. But it's more about the person than what they look like. But, um, but I think women are more, you know, like that as well. And so they're a little more forgiving about what a heterosexual guy might look like or do. Like, you know, most of the time if a heterosexual guy has like a beer belly or – or he's got hair on his back, or I don't know, whatever. Those those kind of things, which are typically deemed uh, undesirable by most people, and some people may find them attractive, but most people find them undesirable, will uh, sort of um, kind of, uh, you know, kind of um, warm up to that uh, better than a, a gay guy ever would. Um, because gay guys, I mean, the truth is, I mean, honestly, I remember when I was dating, you know, as a single person that it's just the, there's an impossible standard that most gay men have and their expectation levels of their partner, because so many gay men are so consumed with appearances and not, not, not consumed with what's important, which is what's inside. I'm not, it's not to say that appearances aren't important to some degree. Obviously you have to be attracted to someone, but it doesn't mean that that if someone is an incredibly intelligent, kind, giving, beautiful person inside and has every other quality you want, but they, and they're still, you're attracted to them, but they're, they're not perfect because maybe they're losing their hair or maybe they're, they're not in perfect shape or I don't know, whatever the reason might be, you know, a lot of gay guys would just look them, look past them. And they're always looking for this idealized standard of beauty, which is frankly impossible to achieve for anyone. You know, I've, dated and I've seen drop dead gorgeous, beautiful men in my life when I was, you know, dating and younger. And I've dated guys who weren't drop dead gorgeous and beautiful. I've dated guys of all kinds, really gorgeous, really, you know, total tens. And I've dated guys who were total like two or three. So for me, I guess I'm just an equal opportunity individual. And it really just depends on the person and the confluence of a variety of um, traits and attributes that that person may have. Whereas it seems for a lot of gay men, it's primarily first and foremost about their appearance and secondly about what else is there. And, you know, I, I've talked to guy, guys on my show. I've, I've talked to guys and other, uh, other hosts on, on, on my show as well about these types of things. And, you know, most of them are pretty shallow and they look for these things that are so completely not um, long-term important because ultimately, as I've said before, if you know appearances fade appearances fade beauty fades and beauty is not forever that's the one thing about beauty 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 if you're beautiful and you have beauty um which is something you didn't you know earn something that you just happen to be born with then you know the beauty of beauty is that it can get you so many great things and ahead in life uh, in youth but the the downside to beauty which everything has is that it fades and does not last no matter who you are so um you know you're and then you're just left with what's left in that person's personality and if they have a horrible personality but they were really hot when they were younger you're going to be left with a really uh horrible person that's old and unattractive <laughs> instead so um you might as well find somebody who's who is going to be right for you on the inside first and then look at the outside and a lot of times some people you know that you don't give a second look to at first 
become beautiful in your eyes after you get to know who they are inside. And it sounds cheesy, but it's very true. It's happened to me a million times. People I didn't want to give a second look to. And then eventually after I got to know them, I fell in love with who they were on the inside and uh, they were more attractive to me and I grew attracted to them. And the opposite is true as well. I've, 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 you know, in the past they just really, you know, drop dead gorgeous men who were just incredibly beautiful and they had the worst personalities ever. And they became so unattractive to me after I got to know them and they didn't seem so hot to me anymore physically either. After I got to know who they were inside when I knew that they were horrible people. Of course, not all of them were that way on either side. Not all the hot guys were horrible people inside. Not all the, the, uh, average looking guys were, were great kind people either, but I'm just saying, generally speaking, that's been my experience. I think most people, um, forget to kind of, you know, look at the things that matter in people and not look the surface. Of course, it's difficult because we're human. And what do we see when we see someone for the first time we meet them, we see what they look like physically. So obviously that's why a lot of the time we're attracted to people based on physical appearance first. And then, then we get to know them and hopefully it matches with their the exterior. But, um, that's why I think the internet has sort of changed the game in some degree to some degree, because you had to, if you've ever dated online, you have to get to know the person inside, especially in the old days, like when in the nineties, <laughs> when I, you know, when I was like, when I was online or whatever, you know, I'd say like in the mid to late nineties and stuff. And I, I was doing online dating or something before everybody had camera phones or before anybody had camera phones really. And before you could really, um, exchange them through your emails easily, or you could, you know, post pictures of yourself. It just wasn't as, as per- prolific as it is now. Um, but it, it, it was difficult. So then in those days, there was a lot of blind dating, at least for me. And I was meeting guys online and stuff and I, we would meet in person and then we may or may not be attracted to each other. You know, we may think we are based on the description. Um, but when you see each other in person, it's different. So my point is, is that you had to, in those days, you kind of had to look at people, people's personality and get to know them, uh, and then decide who they are, if you like them or whatever, and then see if you can be attracted to them physically, which is the opposite of the way it kind of is naturally for us to be. So anyway, uh, but things have changed again and flipped again to the way they are now. And I think that it's a, it's a good thing in some ways because you get to know what you're getting yourself into and you can say, Oh, well, go down a list of people if you're dating or something and you can say, I'm not attracted to that person, that person, but I like that person, but I like this person. But, um, you're kind of not looking at all of the opportunities that you have there. You're kind of overlooking, uh, you're kind of missing opportunities that you could possibly have meeting someone really great in that, in that case. So my, my advice to you, if you really want it, if you give a shit is to look for someone that is going to fulfill you for the rest of your life. Uh, in ways that are not just physical. You, you should also be physically attracted to them. You should also have sexual attraction, of course. You should also have sex and all those good things. But you also need something that's far more, I don't know, spiritual or more profound and more interesting and more difficult to come by. And that's someone's soul. So look for that and you'll be happy if you find it. Hang on to it and don't throw it away because finding it again is really, really unlikely. So that's my advice. That's all I have today for gay mass. Hopefully I'll be back again or sooner with a brain purge or something. I'm sorry. I haven't had so much time to do shows lately. That's why I've only been doing like one a week or so and doing all gay mass shows, but I have had such a crazy, 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 crazy 
past few weeks uh, with my business and, and clients and also just not feeling well this week and other things. So anyway, um, I'll be back later in the week. If you want to email me, you can email me at info at offlimitsshow.com. You can also message me on Facebook or Twitter. Oh, by the way, one more thing before I go. I've been getting messages from certain people that um, are mentioning people I don't like and don't give a shit about. And so if you are someone who is messaging me about people that you know I don't like, then stop doing it, please, because I'm not going to respond to you because I don't trust you. Okay? Good night. Planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVic coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your Vic card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVic coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVic and Harris Teeter fuel points. 